Orb presents The Invisible Hand of Fate. This is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. And here we are, looking back to the past. We're going to take you back to the past. Never tell me to give you less Billy and Pete, because we will give you more. Yeah, it's, it is time for the origin series <laughs> on this season. We've had the origin of the monarch, you know, and, and uh, him arching for Phantom Limb and the like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we're on to the origin of one of the better duos of the show, Billy and Pete. Yeah, and how they are not as incidental as you might have come to expect, uh, you yeah. know, there in the past. No, in fact, they are quite uh integrated into the goings-on in the series yeah yeah specifically billy mm-hmm. uh who you feel pretty bad for yeah uh in this episode this is this is a an episode where where uh, a, a man gets repeatedly humiliated and fucked over mm-hmm. against as well yeah and um, for the he, whole episode basically oh for the for the whole episode and for yeah. his entire life because you i mean he's caught in a loop <laughs> like his yeah. best friends his whole support network they know things that he doesn't and they're keeping him on they're keeping him in the dark it's so sad like who who in the show actually likes billy that's tough you know it it's just very like he doesn't have a friend and like, it's very depressing it's 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 really really depressing like and you know i think pete is just kind of I don't know. That's more of a codependence thing on his part, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I need to, we need to get like Al in there. Oh, we do. You know, like, to, you know, to show up and just hang out with, with Billy Quizboy. I just, I, I think he wouldn't know how to process it. I think he would, uh, he would read an ulterior motive into it. I don't think yeah. that he's ever been, you know, it's just, just kind of like if you've had nothing but unhealthy relationships and you find somebody who takes care of you, you're going to be, you're going to be suspicious, you know? Yeah. <sighs> Uh, you know, of course, they were talking about the Invisible Hand of Fate. Um, this episode was written by Jackson Public, originally aired on June fifteenth, two thousand eight. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're going to learn. You know, they they talk about this explicitly in the book and in the commentary, but this is where they fill in a lot of blanks that they left for themselves. Yes. Like they thought Billy Quizboy was a, a funny name and kind of a concept, and here's where we fill in all those blanks. Right. And they gave him a mechanical hand because it was a cool in an, an eye patch because it was a cool look. Here's mm-hmm. where they fill in those blanks. Yeah, I, I I like it as like a collaborative, almost like problems problem solving slash like Mad spontaneous. Lips. Yeah, it's kind of like okay, here's this. Uh, what's the explanation that you can think of? Oh, and make sure that the explanation ties into at least two other characters is kind of what ends up happening with like just th- what what begins as throwaway design elements of these characters. It's it ends up being the thing that I like most about the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, like there are there are highs in this, there are, there are bits of it, but it's like even on revisit. So I watched this uh, now twice, and then once with the commentary. Mm-hmm. you know in, in recent history and like uh, i i know i said this before and i i'm you know not trying to start any any arguments anyway it's like surprisingly light on jokes mm-hmm. like there are a couple of really good funny parts in this but it is weirdly somber and sad yeah they're, they're in, in a way that i just didn't expect <laughs> they're hitting you with a lot of pathos which like i find kind of refreshing as a change of pace a little bit you know it's not yeah. necessarily hitting on the exact cylinder that like 
you know, I am coming here for, but it's, it, it hits it pretty well. Like the extra development that Pete gets in this kind of showing his fall from grace and how he is manipulating Billy. But also like, I think that th- th- they're right when they remark on this, like this is actually some really good voice acting as well. Like Billy, just sure. you know, Doc just sells the 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 Job like tribulations that Billy goes through <laughs> quite it's, well. It ends, ends up being like a good character piece, mm-hmm. uh, where like in this show, I always my favorite thing is when they do both. Yeah, yeah, you know. So that's why we, you know we end up. I I was trying to think of like why this episode is like not even cold, right? Like this mm-hmm. episode left me warm as opposed to like red fucking hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it, it compares really interestingly to the doctor is sin, right? Which yeah. is also a character piece, but is a little bit more of a roundabout, like a little less like expositiony. Mm-hmm. And I think is funnier yeah. than this. Like this is a good character piece with some jokes, but it doesn't hit all the points I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, despite, you know, I, I still like it. Like it is still a good episode. Yeah. There's also something to like media where, what if somebody just had a shitty life and they just had a shitty life for the whole time? Frank Grimes, which yeah. kind of bums me out. Yeah. Like a Frank Grimes or like uh happiness. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, or welcome to the dollhouse, <laughs> you know, like just like, man, like, you know, which I've, I've seen described as wouldn't it suck if everything sucked <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah, it would, you know, yeah. it really sucks that Billy quiz boy, uh, this happens to him no less than today. And his character, <laughs> uh, very barely develops throughout the rest of the series. Right. It's just everyone around him treats him like shit. Uh, he is to be used and abused and that's it, you know? Uh, and just, there's, there's a certain level of like kind of cynicism to that. That is difficult for me mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Uh, a lot of these like little plot details began as a side story for showdown, showdown at cremation Creek. You know, they say this was almost part one of the season finale, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and both creators are very fond of this, even though it did not get a huge, you know, a hugely good reception when it came out right? Uh, when it first aired, you know, they talk about being disappointed that this episode wasn't better liked, mm-hmm. which co- corresponds with, uh, their disappointment that Billy and Pete didn't, uh, you know, they, they kind of had to force the issue and, uh, and yeah. keep them in the show if they were if they were chasing after after, you know, ratings or focus group approval or whatever, they would have gotten rid, rid of them. But I'm glad that they stuck uh, that they stuck to their oh, guns. Yeah. 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 And there's still some great like Billy and Pete episodes on the way. Like, I don't think these characters are done or anything when I mm-hmm. say that Billy didn't get tons of development. Right. right. You know, uh, they're, they're really, really great Billy and Pete moments. Yeah. Later. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, like I alluded to earlier, Hammer said that says that this is his, uh, his favorite, uh, episode of his voice acting career, uh, mm-hmm. which comes across. Um, and the, there was a bunch of stuff that ended up needing to change. And there's also like some explanation for bits here. So like they were going to, as they were going back and checking in on the past lives of all these characters, uh, they were going to explain, uh, how professor impossible was kicked out of academia. Uh, he was going mm-hmm. to be uh, kicked out of State University for having an affair with a student named Sally. Uh, 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 however, they couldn't get Stephen Colbert back, uh, which yes. <laughs> they they allude to this. Stephen Colbert back is my favorite Pornhub tag. <laughs> the uh... <laughs> it's, it's, it's just where you raw dog while you're crying about Trump. <laughs> yep. Just uh... oh man. Uh. 
Uh, but yeah, like just uh, all of this where Professor Impossible goes away started like these rumors that like, oh, there was a falling out between the Venture Brothers and and uh, and Stephen Colbert. No. no, he just got real big. <laughs> yeah, he, he the uh, it was also I mean, we talked about this uh, early on in the episode, the phrasing that made everyone, including myself, think that there was beef was the agent said, Mr. Colbert has neither the time nor the interest to participate. Oh, oh. But we don't we don't know where that came from. That could have been Colbert or the agent. Yeah. You know, just being like, who are these small time guys? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they made up. Yeah. You know, so that, that's what matters. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also the uh, first episode with the nozzle. Uh, <laughs> Which was something I pitched for the name of this show. Yep. Uh, that I'm like ultimately glad that we didn't do, but I think the nozzle is great. Um, this is a joke that they had as as for the Astro Base. Um, mm-hmm. They were going to have this cylindrical chamber with a nozzle that showed up that played a tape mm-hmm. telling you what to do for five minutes while the nozzle calibrated. <laughs> and everyone would have to do this before they entered the Astro Base. And remember, the um, Astro Base is a tiny cramped like uh, industrial paint, painting studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just uh, you know, just and people come and go all the time, right? You know? uh, the uh, Jackson in the book he talks about he include this as a love letter to Doc, like uh-huh. Doc really loved this idea of the nozzle and was sad that they couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the nozzle is a huge standout scene though. Like I remember, uh, this was when I was watching the show live uh-huh. um, on Adult Swim. Like I, I jumped on and they showed a promo for this that was just the entirety of the nozzle scene. God, I love Adult Swim uh, promos, especially from that era. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh the the nozzle is an episode highlight 100%. Yeah. <laughs> uh there are some firsts here. Uh this is the first mm-hmm. appearance of Shoreleave, uh who initially began as a uh kind of a, a direct parody of GI Joe along with the, you know, the other OSI GI Joe meets uh meets Shield kind of stuff. Uh, but surely ended up becoming, uh, you know, a pretty major character. Huge Stick- character. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, acting kind of as a foil for uh, for Brock, because uh, Doc Hammer was uh, really fond of him. Just, you know, bringing in a character who's just this out gay man uh, who is yep. also just a complete badass, you know? They they, uh, they predicted on the uh, the commentary. Mm-hmm. They're like, I, I predict Shirley is going to become the breakout character. Yeah. And like, he did become a breakout character. Mm-hmm. And Shirley is fucking amazing. Like, yeah. I love Shirley. Like, yes, it is It is just a gay voice, you know? Yes. But I like the uh, the added context that the book gives where it's like, you know, you live in New York, tons of dudes who just own it, yeah. you know, who are basically Shirley. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, yes, this is something that, you know, bigots and Gallagher's would use as a voice to make fun of people. Mm-hmm. But in you know in real life, it actually fucking owns. Yeah, like the, 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 like the, so these fun. are the, the, like the, this. This is you know this is actually you know an expression. It's an affectation that people take on to assert their identity. You know, like yeah, and sometimes they kick ass. Yeah. Like there, there's a, a there's a James Adomian bit where he talks about how all the Disney villains are coded as gay, <laughs> uh, and he he's like uh, you know Ursula, you know the big lesbian sea witch. And he's he's like every time I've ever like met somebody like that they've been awesome they've been mm-hmm. like bar closes in five but lock the doors I got eight <laughs> tentacles to pull eight taps drinks are on me <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. uh, it just yeah man that's a the, the this show is you know people other than us should should and probably can and have mm-hmm. talked about uh, the the queer you know subtext yep. or whatever in the show or how it handles uh, that. 
at least from my perspective, which I admit is incredibly limited, it seems so affectionate. Yeah. yeah. And like positive that like this, you know, I can this has that like, man, have you ever met a gay person? They're mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Like energy to me. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited to talk about Shoreleaf. I'm excited to talk about his uh, short-lived stint as Holy Diver. <laughs> yeah, ho- ho- Holy Diver uh, with the Bible Man parody, which oh. I, I fucking love. Like that's I was not expecting that. Yeah. Um, this is really big. You know, introducing OSI and Sphinx uh, mm-hmm. again. They they're like, oh, we just dropped this, but no, like Sphinx comes back in a huge way. Yeah. Um, OSI comes back in a huge way. The idea that, uh, shield is, or, you know, uh, you know, the office of secret intelligence is the, uh, the shield part of it is the spy part of it with Hunter. And then there's also the GI Joe part of it where they Mm -hmm. relax the dress code, um, you know, which, which is also just like an amazing fucking thing about GI Joe. Like Uh super ego has a, uh, a running bit where they just, you know, do GI Joe roll call with people. You know, just making up mm-hmm. G.I. Joe names for themselves. Sweet. Because G.I. Joe is ridiculous. It's like, I play football. I throw exploding <laughs> footballs. I have a gun that shoots footballs. You know? Like, they call me Gridiron. And that's <laughs> nice, real. It's, it's, nice catch, Blanco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Extremely that. Um, and Shoreleave does not look that different than, like, uh, God, what is, what is his name? Um, I, I can't remember right now, but there there is a there is a shore leave in GI Joe. Yeah, it's not it's exactly not deep like six because he's like a dive like a diving suit guy. Yeah, yeah there's a sailor though. Mm-hmm. Like there's a GI Joe sailor who looks exactly like shore leave. Yeah, uh, <laughs> both of us out. Google. Yeah. <laughs> oh uh, god, shipwreck, uh, shipwreck. Yeah, exactly, yeah. precisely him. That's so yeah, good. he's just dressed up like shipwreck. Like, yeah. just incredible stuff. G.I. Joe is so funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a ridiculous TV show. God, and I love that it just got like a like a straight laced action movie reboot. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's gonna start. Yeah. It's gonna start Bruce Willis and The Rock. <laughs> yeah, cool. and, and Chang Tatum. Tatum. Tatum Channing. Yeah. This is not the first appearance of Sergeant Hatred. We kind of got an off model, off voice version of him. Uh, back during the wedding mm-hmm. uh this is where we get to see uh, kind of the origin of sergeant hatred like understanding that uh sergeant hain which is his real name uh used to work for the osi uh kind of as a, a uh, yeah as a double agent uh for for uh yeah. for the guild but uh this is where he you know has his full voice and you know the beginning of his appearance uh and i forgot that this was before he was introduced properly like, you know, as yeah. like as Sergeant Hatred appearing, you know, on the flying on the hover tank, um, you know, as Rusty's arch. Next episode. Right? Yeah. Next episode we're covering. Mm-hmm. Um, the original ending of this, this has a, a piece of music that I've always remembered. Uh, mm-hmm. They were trying to get a licensed piece of music, but couldn't. Yep. So they ended up using stock music. Um, I love the music at the end of this episode. Mm hmm. It's perfect. And they, they talk about fans writing in and being like, man, that music's so good. How'd you come up with that? And then being like, that's stock, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it works really well. Yeah. Uh, I felt it. I felt when they were talking about uh, searching for the piece of stock music from the Turner Library to use, because mm-hmm. I've gone through that process so many fucking times. Oh, yeah. my God. Just sitting there and just like all of this fucking sucks and, and anything that's good is too expensive. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's good that for. they found something that worked out. Uh, let's get into it. Let's do it. Uh, we have a cold open <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. out in the desert in the camper. Uh, Billy's on the toilet, and Pete was uh, was very inconsiderate and didn't refill the the, the TP roll. 
Yeah. Whenever I do something like that, or like if I put a cart back in the cart caddy or something, Mm -hmm. the thing that goes through my head is I say, I'm being a good citizen. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And it's like, I think that's what good citizens do. And yeah. Pete is not a good citizen. He's just playing PlayStation. Of course. Yeah. He's, 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 he's doing doing missions for the Yachties. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, look at my stats. I'm awesome. Uh, <laughs> Billy, uh, Pete put the roll, you know, didn't fill it up. It's up on a high shelf. Uh, Billy tries to get there. There's a ghastly amount of water on yeah. the ground here. Yeah. Uh, guys. Yeah, you're you going to get a mold problem, like a dudes. <laughs> yeah. It's like a camper toilet, but uh, he collapses, hits his head, his hand starts to malfunction, and he gets this huge rush of flashba- flashbacks that are actually things that will appear later in the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he starts yelling, you know, uh, Pete, Pete, get in here. Mm-hmm. Billy thinks that, uh, mm-hmm. or Pete, uh, Pete thinks that Billy is going to show off his product. Yeah, I don't care how big it is. <laughs> I don't want to see what you made there. <laughs> the, which, the, I mean, just the, the amount of jokes about what goes into that toilet. I mean, this is the, the exact same setting where we got the, it's like a bucket full of paydays joke. Yeah. So <laughs> just, they, uh, this... they, they're very concerned. Well, it's two men living in one room. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I guess they, you know, it, the, the subject is going to have to be broached. It's either that or the arties. Like we only have two things to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, but uh, you know, Billy walks out and he starts putting together um, saying like, you know, I remember, you know, you remember what I remember everything. And as he starts putting it to get together, that Pete has something to do with this amnesia and this flood of things that he's remembering. uh, Pete knocks him unconscious with the PlayStation (laughs) Two. Yeah. Yep, yep. I love the commentary where they they point out the callback to that. Yep. Because I, I didn't notice it, but it's very funny. Yep. Uh, Pete then pulls out. He's he's a special phone. It picks it up. It dials direct. He doesn't even have to dial. It just says, "Hello, Goldilocks. This is Casper. Little Nemo has fallen out of bed." These <laughs> so are code names, and this is the first sign of depth uh, to these characters. You know, being yes. involved in the grand kind of Venture Brothers ex- uh, conspiracy in the game. Uh, in the great game. Um, so we're going to get the this uh, whole flashback to the origin for the rest of the episode. Yeah. Um, Pete walks out and we're on, he's got black hair and kind of tan skin. Mm-hmm. And he's hosting a game show called Quiz Boys. Yeah. Uh, Billy uh, is not Billy Quiz Boy. That's just his uh, nom de guerre. Uh, he's mm-hmm. actually Billy Whalen. Uh, and he's on this show uh, that is hosted by Pete. And he's the reigning champion. Uh, he's won forty thousand mm-hmm. dollars so far, and he is saving his winnings uh, to pay for tuition at MIT. Uh, this is back in the eighties, so forty thousand dollars would have gone a very long way. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and he says, you know, kind of uh, heartbreakingly, "Oh, I want to be a super scientist like my hero, Rusty Venture." Yep. Uh, and we cut to a bar, not the bar we're usually in, a different bar, mm-hmm. where younger Rusty is drunk uh, watching the show. He does a little salute. Yeah. Uh, to the screen and then ask the barkeep for another suffering bastard. Um, Myra rings him because this is in the continuity. This is during, I know when the cage bird kills or how the cage bird kills mm-hmm. times um, worried and obsessing over where he's, where he's at. You know, he says, you're not my mother. You're my bodyguard. And she says, mm-hmm. how can I guard your body when I can't be near your body? Yeah. So this is the beginning her beginning to kind of break, mm-hmm. you know, which we find out, uh, you know, so uh, we go over, Billy, he writes the answer to his question, you know, who is the last king of the Plantagenet Tangent, uh, dire, uh, dynasty? And he wrote the wrong answer. His competitor got it right. But when they reveal, uh, his answer has been corrected. Yes. Um, 
uh, and his opponent, little, little shit, little <laughs> Lord Fauntleroy, little yeah. Francis over here. <laughs> God, he is a Francis, isn't he? He's like he's yeah. a cheater. That's not what he wrote, which of course implies yeah. that he was cheating because he looked over <laughs> what Billy wrote in. That doesn't matter though. Uh, Billy has no idea what's going on. He didn't arrange this, uh, but this uh, this sticks. Uh, this yep. ends his uh, this ends his career doing legit quizzing. Uh, so they go back to the dressing room where Billy and Peter are hanging out. I got the intent or the the impression that they've been cheating for a while. Yeah. You know, like he's, uh, you know, because he's like, you know, I didn't ask for the answers and this would have had to have been arranged. Like Pete had to have done it. Yeah. Because Pete's a manager and gets a certain percent. Okay. You know? Yeah. Well, but I just, so, you know, so like, uh, I, like who did it? It, right. Yeah. I, I, I like the idea. <laughs> But the, but this also, it seems like the first time that Billy noticed it too. I yeah, I think that maybe he didn't he didn't notice it, or maybe you know it, yeah, I guess it's kind of tricky. Like I would I'd love yeah. to ask uh, you know Jackson and Doc because it's 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 hard to piece together the chronology. Yeah, well, it also you know, seems like, like Pete. It's uh, it seems like Pete's denying it here too. Like you know, because he's saying like, oh, you know, does he he doesn't actually like say it. All that he says is, oh, us freaks need to stick together. But Pete's shady as shit, though. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't trust Pete to not. I think that Pete is as a manager because he's talking about, you know, he, first of all, Billy's in the dressing room with him. Yeah, right. You know, like, they, they obviously know each other. And uh, later he becomes the manager. I think that he was cheating to get more money. Right, right. Uh, like, take a cut of some kind. I don't know, though. Like, it seems like the kind of thing they could have explained instead of just flashing back to Rusty. Mm-hmm. Just to show, hey, Rusty's here. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. It's. I think that part of why this episode lands weird for me is inefficient use of time. Yeah, problem. Um, you know, uh, Billy's like, "Oh, my life is or- over. You know, I'm done. I have no prospects." And Pete says, "No, no. He uh, white. You set me up. I never asked for the answers," um, which is really like a sad, mm-hmm. relatable situation. You know, like he would be happy to just lose and be a B plus, you know, smart guy. Yeah. But the world has plans for him to have him like Peter Principal himself into horrible situations. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Uh, so know, the, says they need to, to stick together. Yes. Uh, yeah, and Billy doesn't does, doesn't know, doesn't realize uh, that Pete is an albino. He reveals it. You know, he's been wiping off his fake tan, which could have just been makeup. But he also pulls off his wig. You know, revealing, hey, I'm I'm an albino. Uh, and Billy, you know, says, Look, okay, so there is that. But some of us can't make our heads smaller with makeup. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> Pete says, okay, you know, he's trying to cheer Billy up. He says, listen, like you said, your hero was Rusty Venture. Well, I happen to be very good friends with Rust. I am. Mm-hmm. And he knows that he, I happen to know he's looking for a new lab assistant and head scientist. <laughs> uh, Billy says, like, no, I wanted to go to school. Yeah. And uh, again, Billy doesn't get what Billy wants. Right. And Pete, Pete steamrolls him. Like, you know, experience is the best teacher. This is going to be like going to 10 MITs. The yeah. invisible hand of fate has pushed us to this point, Billy. And it's like, no, it hasn't. You're like malfeasance or misfeasance has dude. (laughs) dude. You're one of my favorite voice performances on the show, but God, you're an awful. Um, (laughs) uh, So they have to get there. Uh, You know, the FCC froze Billy's assets. Pete spent all of his money on blow, but they have a plan to make money along the way. So they, he's like, I got a vehicle and they steal the Vespa. That was the prize (laughs) for the uh, game show. Uh, It's good. Yeah. The conjecture cycle. (laughs) 
Oh man! Uh, so we get an abrupt uh, an abrupt cut uh, to the B plot that ends up being part of the A plot here. Uh, we get this GI Joe esque intro uh, to the OSI featuring uh, uh, Shore Leaves crew, which is you know just a kind of a, uh, a takeoff on the village people uh, fighting mm-hmm. Sphinx, but also committing war crimes. Uh, just killing them, uh, which to me feels like a joke about G.I. Joe. Like if, you know, if you, you watch G.I. Joe, everybody aims their lasers like at a 40 degree, five degree angle up to miss. Right. You know, <laughs> uh, and this is like, what if they actually were doing war? Yeah. You know, trying to hurt each other. Um, yeah. there, there's a very funny, uh, there's an old comic that I, I used to read called Twisted Toy Fair Theater. And a character meets the G.I. Joes and they're doing that. One of them takes his laser and pushes it down. So he shoots. Oh. And all the G.I. Joes start crying. And they're like, that's not how we play. <laughs> uh, like, uh, you know, very sad. But this is, they're serious business doing these war crimes. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there there, there, there are illusions here. There's a, there's a photo that looks like one of the Abu Ghraib torture uh, uh, photographs. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a little uh, a sequence that mirrors the famous uh, execution shot um uh of uh during the Viet- uh, vietnam war uh yeah. you know all that just saying like yeah i know and in reality this would be horrifying horrifying wet work that that, that the osi yeah. did uh the crew comes back in after this you know just laughing and joking just having the best time dressed up like the village people uh-huh. surely was the leader and they uh you know, come in and they see Hunter and Brock there. I love Brock's uh, 80s hair mm-hmm. or whatever. Like whatever his rat tail. It is. Yeah. His rat tail. Um, and they're, they're basically razzing him. Like, you know, you, oh, I didn't see you, you ladies out on the battlefield. You know, uh, we're too busy fighting the real enemy Sphinx while you're trying to hunt down phantoms. Yes. You know, the guild, which doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, which has gone underground since the, uh, since the fifties, you know, since the rusty venture show. heyday. Um, yeah. <laughs> as surely walks away, he says, Oh, Hunter, Waylon Flowers called. He wants his madam back. Uh, I think kind of say like, like, like alluding that, uh, like that Brock's like, uh, his puppet. And yeah. people, people don't yeah, know I, what, what madam is. <laughs> well, and nobody knows, nobody knows who Waylon Flowers is. Yeah. Like, well, the, the, the puppeteer does madam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, the, uh, you know, and uh, I love uh, I love Hunter. Like, yeah, the village people called and said they want you to fucking kill yourself, you prancy bastard. Yeah. Uh, really, yeah. This place has gone to hell on a ham sandwich since the '86 the dress code. I, I love uh, Hunter overcorrection. Oh, it's good. Um, we're seeing just some history of the OSI though. Like mm-hmm. Race Bannon uh, takes a break from doing torture to ask if uh, you know he wants them to, you know, do you want me to? Those guys giving you a hard time. Do you want me yeah. to talk to him? He's not uh, just doing torture. See. He's doing dental torture. He's got pliers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he's also, uh, we also see the $6 million man. Yeah. Uh, here who, you know, we know was an old co-worker of Brock's. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. so just hanging around, uh, hanging around the office. Um, the, uh, the, the scene ends with this dorky intern running up uh, with the telex for Hunter saying, Hey, we found a target. Uh, and this is going to drive the two plots to uh, to intersect as we go back to uh, Pete and Billy uh, <laughs> figuring out how to get their money. Uh, this is the plan that mm-hmm. uh, that, that that Pete has, uh, which is underground quizzing. Yeah, underground kid quizzes, <laughs> uh, which is a very funny idea. Um, you know, 
uh, you know, this is as real as it gets, Billy. No lightning rounds, no bonus questions, no mercy. Uh, the other contestants are trying to psych out Billy. Um, you know, if they if they catch you cheating, here they take your hand, you yeah. buzz a hand. Uh, again, like a cute little bit of misdirection, since we know yeah. Pete is or Billy is missing his buzzer hand. Yep, uh, but this uh, is how I lose. I like that. I just uh, also I, I figured out uh, uh, one of the reasons why I like this. It reminds me of the movie Kingpin. Oh sure, Kingpin's yeah. a good movie, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny. Like there, yeah. there's a the period of the, that that caliber of comedy that is. Uh, uh-huh. funny. The, the weird thing about Kingpin though is like the main thing I remember about it is Woody Harrelson paying his landlord in Cunnilingus. <laughs> I don't know why, but that like, that like my, yeah. my main memory is her just like spreading her legs and being like rents too. <laughs> <laughs> being like oh. <laughs> it's yeah. um, you know, it doesn't feel like something they would do in a movie now probably not uh and his old man neighbor just uh, just asking him for medical advice do you think it's do you think it's safe to drink your own pee yeah. <laughs> like i probably wouldn't <laughs> uh, i could stand to watch kingpin again yeah and, i'm uh, sure there's yeah. you know jokes that haven't aged well but i just i remember yeah, enjoying yeah. it a lot yeah no um, <laughs> so, uh, Pete actually gives Billy a sweet pep talk. You know, it's always hard to tell if this is him manipulating or if this is what he actually thinks, you know, and he, he kind of tacitly admits that he's responsible for the cheating incident. Uh, they're cut short when the stage moms are told to clear the area, to clear the arena. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, and the questions start, the first one being a softball about an important date that happens to be the Magna Carta, mm-hmm. you know, the most famous date associated with that document. Uh, so Billy answers it. Uh, and then we get, uh, you know, people start placing bets and we get a little montage. Yes. Uh, that's going to pop up where, uh, you know, it's showing them making money. <laughs> um we go down to uh, Hunter and Brock driving down a country road, playing a game where you score if you see cows on your side of the road. Um, the uh, This is something that, like, Jackson used to play. Yeah. And I could pick this up from context clues, but I have no idea what this car, this cow game is. It's So the wiki says it's called Cow Poker. Uh, my understanding was that Cow Poker was a game where a field was gridded off and you placed bets on where they would poop. That might be that's Cow a, that's, Roulette, that's, though. That's cow Bingo. That's cow bingo, bingo. yeah okay or, yeah or maybe it's roulette that that's definitely a different cow shit sport yeah yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's like punch buggy or something yeah yeah you know, it, 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 that kind of thing like road games it's just, it's just fun to see, to see that this is how they pass time and hunter's really invested in it <laughs> he's like damn you yeah. um he concludes <laughs> they pass by a cemetery so he loses all of his cows brock is so excited he's like just you know doing an end zone oh. dance on him <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good you lose all your cows um you know and he uh hunter gets so mad that he makes him switch like this side of the road is cursed it's your turn to drive you lurid golem <laughs> you lurid golem is very good it's it's hard not to just write down every single thing that hunter says He's really good in this episode. This is a great yeah. episode. Well, and, and the art book is really fun because, you know, next to the sketches of Hunter, you can kind of see Jackson just writing out phrases that came to his mind. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, the the nascent forms of the lines that would eventually be uh, be Hunter dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> um, Very good. Back to the A-plot, we have Pete and Billy pulling up to the Venture Compound, uh, and there's a ruckus uh, because Myra is being pulled away uh, by the OSI. 
uh, she, uh, you know, breaks through her restraints trying to get at Rusty. Uh, they end up tasing her and loading her uh, into the back of a van. Uh, she has fully broken. Yeah. And, you know, we get a little indirect bonfire side chat storytelling. The reason why she is broken is probably because Rusty just, you know, has kids now yeah. by somebody else. Right. Because uh, Helper pops out holding an incredibly cursed looking baby Hank and Dean. It's the baby body, uh, but with basically their full grown heads on it and their yeah. like head of hair. <laughs> yeah, it, it's super not okay. It, it, it's real like, like the, in the X-Men, there's a thing called the X-Babies. Oh, uh, no. That Mojo created and they're X-Men babies. Mm. Uh, you know, like the Mr. Show Senate sub babies. <laughs> and um, the similarly cursed. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, this kind of super deformed. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably not too long. That, that phrase is going to stick around. Probably. You know? Yeah. I think that we're, we're probably coming to a reckoning. Yeah, we could, we, we could probably find, um, uh, yeah, a, a less casually hurtful way to describe that aesthetic. Yeah. yeah unless that already happened and I missed it. If so, please forgive me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just sort of realized, like, oh, that's not very up the times. Yeah. Uh, um, so, uh, but like, you know, helper's there. He's, he's cradling the two kids. <laughs> Um, yeah. uh, and Rusty, you know, he's not pleased to see Pete, but also it's just a really bad time. Like, what the hell are you doing here? And then it cuts yeah, to yeah. Billy and Pete driving away. It's nighttime. Uh, they were rejected being told both K hey, maybe come back in a couple of months. And also you weren't always, you weren't that great at science anyway. <laughs> yeah. All staffed up. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, their last little, you know, their end game has been cut off. They, you know, prospects back down to zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're uh, running away. You know, they're very sad at this point. And uh, Pete, Pete says, I've got a plan. You know, the pink pilgrim is not going to let you down. So they go into another, another warehouse for what they think is going to be a quiz competition, but mm-hmm. it's uh, close to the border. Uh, and it's actually a thing where, like, people enter children into fight fighting dogs. I just, I, I thought it was just I I didn't think that it was about kids at all. I think that they just walked into a dog fight and thought, hey, you know, let's go. And just the fact that the dog attacked made it a fight. <laughs> and so I, people I had already placed bets. Yeah, may, maybe. Like I I assume because they lead him right into the ring. Huh. And you know the whole idea, like Billy's character, is that he's an adult, but he he plays a kid. Like he competes with kids. Right. You know? Right. I guess, I guess he was cheating even before. You know, anybody cheated for him. Yeah. But I just assumed this was, that was the idea behind this. Hmm. Like a guy lets a dog loose on a kid and guys place bets on it. Yeah. Um, you know, who knows? But, uh, you know, the dog attacks. Um, it cuts to them pulling away where he's missing his eye and his hand. Um, you know, they've been bandaged. Uh, he's like, you know, I, uh, I love uh, Pete being like, well, you did lose, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> um, just horrible. Horrible yeah. fucking thing to say. He's, you know, I was disqualified because you dived into the ring. Well, yeah, to get your hand. <laughs> you know, it's just, just awful. Yeah. Pete White is one of the worst characters on this show. Yeah. And also, like, you know, it's a little throwaway thing, but it's, you know, further establishing what a what a heel Pete is. Uh, Billy wants, uh, he wants to cut ties. Hey, give me my 40%. 
uh, implying yeah. that that Pete uh, had convinced them that managers take sixty percent, which is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, which, which he, you know, uh, you know, Billy gets sick of it, gets let off here, despite the fact that they're coyotes, and uh, he yells, you know, by the way, I talked to the other quiz boys, managers get fifteen percent. Yeah, uh, just you know, just horrible, just a string of abuse. Yes. Um, Hunter pulls up behind him and says, "Son, it looks like you could use a hand." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we uh, we cut back. Pete, this is uh, modern times. Uh, Pete is at the venture compound. Rusty is not letting him in, um, but he has to. Uh, you know, he's gonna. It's really confusing that this is modern times, but this yeah. is him going to tell. Uh, you know, kind of kind of messy, um, but that's the idea here. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't know that scene needs to be here. There's no. some like really weird, inefficient use of space. There's, there's nothing else that's in the present day in the body of this episode. The it's end. just the book. Yeah, until yeah. The, at the very end. Um, they should have just cut to Billy uh, in the sterile medical room with the nozzle. With the uh, nozzle. Uh, <laughs> but he wakes up in this sterile, you know, medical room uh, and uh, he has a robotic hand and it looks like his eye is back. Uh, it's a fake eye. Mm-hmm. We're going to learn later about its capabilities. Um, and, you know, this is this is long. It, it feels long, although it's probably about a minute of just Billy yeah. sitting there terrified as this snaking teles- telescopic uh, like little like scanning device that is shaped like a nozzle comes out. And, you know, it says, please wait while we calibrate the nozzle. Please do not look away from the nozzle. <laughs> Yeah, the nozzle is calibrating. The <laughs> nozzle is still calibrating. Yeah. Um, they they talk about how they wanted this to go on much longer. Yes. Uh, uh, the uh, you know the nozzle leaves uh, as Hunter and Brock walk in. Billy says, uh, "You know what was that thing?" You know, I have I no, no idea. idea. <laughs> um, you know, Billy is really excited because he's got a robotic hand. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, "Why did you do this for me?" And they're like, "Well, it's because you fit the profile. You're deformed, a disgraced freak, extra intelligent, shunned by the world. Mm-hmm. You know, like you are a supervillain. Yeah, you know, basically, and you can act as uh, an asset in our investigation because there was a college professor we think is recruiting for the guild. Yeah, um, of calamitous intent. Uh, Billy is a big Rusty Venture TV show fan. Is of course yeah. skeptical of this, and they're like, no, no, that was a dramatization. The guild just went underground. Yes, yeah, they do actually exist. It wasn't just fictional, and we need you to help us. Uh, help us bust them uh, and he should be more excited about this <laughs> because it actually has him like poised to be a hero against the villains of his uh you know of his yeah. of his favorite show but yeah. he's just so over it <laughs> yeah um, he wanted to go to mit yeah uh, but instead yeah you know we need him to ace the uh we need you to ace this professor's class at state university because oh, i wanted to i wanted to go to mit and Hunter says well i wanted to be born with big beautiful tits make some lemonade with this will you um, yeah. you know, uh, alluding to, uh, his, uh, is his transness. Um, and, uh, Billy looks down at the photo. Uh, it's professor Phantomos who we can recognize as the phantom limb. He's wearing guild cufflinks and his whole look is modeled after Hans Gruber from Die Hard. Yeah. He's dressed up like Hans Gruber back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the first day he arrives late to class, uh, you know, professor Phantomos tells him they don't tolerate cheating. You know, the punishment is severe. Um, and uh, a TA comes and pulls him out. They very uh, coyly don't show one half of the TA's face mm-hmm. uh, until eventually he takes over the, the lecture and he has a half of a very deformed face. And when Billy looks around, he sees that like a lot of people in the class have some kind of deformation. Mm-hmm. Um, included, I love the guy in the back who just looks kind of like a, a 
scarecrow or something yep. well he, just, it looks like he's made entirely of sc- of burn tissue <laughs> yeah Jesus i i had an experience really similar to this i was at a uh, a party uh, that my band played at in uh-huh. my mid twenties. And, uh, my friend, uh, was there who has, um, you know, a hand, uh, you know, deformity of, of some kind, you know, I don't know the, the exact uh, word for that. And I was hanging out with her and then we went and walked to a convenience store with her friends. And I looked around and noticed everybody had something huh? other than me. And like, you know, I zero hate in my heart. You know, mm-hmm. for, for obviously, like, I, I hope that is obvious for people who listen to this and know who I am, but like, it was very surreal to yeah. me mm-hmm. as an experience of just kind of looking around and being like, oh, like, the, you know, uh, it, this, uh, that's what this reminded me of. Yeah. It's like, it's, it, it it's, it, it's information that would be hard not to make note of, but there's nothing to do with it besides just understand that that is the surroundings. Yeah. But, well, and it's just also, it's something that's kind of rare. Yeah. You know, it, it was a confluence of rare encounters mm-hmm. um but pete uh looking around um he is overjoyed because he doesn't feel that different here you know uh, you know there's <laughs> that one guy is nothing but scar tissue there's a girl with no eyes or even eye sockets it's just you mm-hmm. know flat skin uh there's a guy with his arms and legs switched um Mr. but <laughs> it yeah. is mr mcgreg mr mcgreg isn't it yeah, yeah. Uh, he sings this little song here and this is going to you know, sound incredibly pet- petty. I kind of hate this. I kind of hate this little bit. I don't think it's funny. Yeah. And again, like the, the time they waste in this episode, mm-hmm. like he sings a song about how he's not so different and it, it doesn't last for a long time, but it doesn't add anything. Yeah. The idea is, you know, he lasts until he looks at the book and then he realizes like, Oh shit, I don't actually know science. Right. Like, that, that shouldn't have been, first of all, that you should, should have known that. Right, going into right. this because that's the whole point of you and what's been happening to you. But also like they don't really do anything with this. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea is Phantomos is attracting people like this to his class because people who are smart at science and have deformities in this world make good candidates for supervillains. Right. You know, uh, like your Dr. Dooms or what have you. Um, but nothing really comes about this sense of belonging or whatever mm-hmm. that he gets. But it gets yeah. a fucking song. Yeah, it's like, just like a little like, hey, what w- what have we turned into? You know, uh, a Fievel movie for about yeah, mm, a minute. Fievel for a moment. Yeah, Fievel goes to college. <laughs> you know, who's gonna take him? He's a fucking mouse. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, but what I do like is that he goes back to his dorm room, finds out his roommate is the TA who has hung himself in the closet. Yeah. Uh, I don't like that just because of suicide. I like that because of what comes later. Yeah, uh, that room, the catastrophe clause or whatever it's called, <laughs> it's such a fucking funny idea, and just, I can't believe they made that movie about it. Did they? Like, remember? Oh man, yeah, it's like nineteen ninety four or something. There's a movie called um, Dead Man on Campus, I think, oh. where the guy was having a hard time with his classes, and the whole movie is about him trying to convince his roommate to kill himself. That's fucking so ghoulish. It's totally ghoulish. It's like the shit that MT, it was like an MTV movie and they were producing it between like Joe's apartment and the brother's grunt. Like you would get dead man on campus. It was really ghastly. And in the nineties, like watching that as a teen, I was like, huh, premise for a movie. (laughs) Okay. It it doesn't look that good. I'm not going to see it, but you know, I have no problem with that premise. That doesn't fill me with disgust. Yeah. Starring Um, Mark Paul Gosselaar. Yeah. Yeah. No. That, that, uh, and then as an adult, I look back on that. I'm like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> you don't make a movie about talking somebody into suicide fly today. You, I like, mean, you, you wouldn't. You couldn't. It, yeah. Awful. 
Yeah. It seems like not the, not a thing to do. Yeah. Um, but I love that urban legend. <laughs> <laughs> the universe of hands are tied. Yeah. So, you know, classes don't build on each other. You don't actually have to learn anything. It's just about nope. getting that grade. Yep. Um, this is a fiction. We, we didn't have that one at ours. The, the, the prevalent, uh, the, the prevalent myth on the university of Cincinnati campus was that they didn't account for the weight of the books when they built the library. So it's sinking an inch every year. Oh, sure. Which should be yeah. a fucking catastrophe. <laughs> But also, also that's not how buildings work. <laughs> no, no, no. That, that's also like a famous urban legend. Like, yeah, you know, I talked about before, like Snopes being one of the first websites I found. Oh yeah, I got into websites and just reading it like well into the night. I remember mm-hmm. reading about that. Always just I didn't account for the books. <laughs> God, it's stupid, stupid. <laughs> they did. They moved the headstones, but they didn't account for the books. <laughs> <laughs> Damn us. <laughs> Oh um, man. Um, but yeah. Uh, so he panics and his hand starts wigging out. This is kind of setting up, uh, so, you know, something later. Uh, but, uh, he goes back out and Brock is fixing the hand. Uh, he's dressed up in his football gear, uh, and Hunter is dressed up as a cheerleader. Um, and he says, Oh, you're getting great Intel. Billy's like, what, the, what are you talking about? I haven't said anything. And this is where it's revealed that his new eye is a, you know, a holographic 3d surveillance device. Uh, and this little pod puller stores, all the data pointing at his hand. Pod puller. Love it. Um, Billy's very upset that he's been turned into a spy. Yes. Here, you know, uh, and this is going to come to a head at some point, uh, mm-hmm. but here he's initially just frustrated. Um, he goes back to Professor Fandemus's office where the janitor is scraping off Professor Impossible's name. Uh, Sheila, Dr. Girlfriend, is there. Um, you know, they played off like she was asking for an extension for the assignment, but this is, you know, when he goes off to show her his evil legs, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. or before that, but the beginning of that relationship. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, so in the book, they refer to this as fan service, like just throwing all these references in there. But mm-hmm. again, like, I, I don't know. I, I felt vaguely annoyed by it. Hmm. Uh, just why are we spending time on this? There's no joke to it. And yeah. we already know that these characters got to know each other. Like, yeah, that they, they have their yeah. history. I mean, it's, you know, adding a little bit more dickishness to, you know, phantom limb that he was dating a student. <laughs> yeah. We knew that though. Like he brought her out to, to wine and, and, and I didn't stuff know and, that. Were, was it clear that she was a student he, and he was her professor at that time? Oh, I don't know. Maybe yeah. not. But yeah. if he if he knew her as a student and then later that also feels a little bit like a hat on a hat. Yeah. You know, like let's just hope that once I am no longer a professor and you're no longer a student, uh, <laughs> I can still have access to you so I can recruit you into the guild. Right, right. You know. Um, so I don't I don't know. Like it, you know, petty, but yeah. You know. Uh they make some small talk. Um and uh Phantomus is not at all phased by his lab assistant being dead. Um, obviously because he had him killed. <laughs> Um, but, uh, uh, he put some guild cufflinks on the table in front of Billy and makes him an offer saying, Hey, I need a new lab, lab assistant. I was really impressed by your paper. And also that robotic hand is super impressive. Um, and yeah. you know, he, th- he thinks that Billy built it based on a Mike Soriyama design. Uh, he was a student of mine, you know, that's see, there's a good callback. Yes. Uh, you know, Billy comes in, he thinks he's being called in the office to talk about his paper because his paper was shit or mm-hmm. he didn't get it in. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, Fandomus says, you know, since you're going to be my assistant, uh, he takes off his gloves, rolls his sleeves up and he has little tiny, he has robotic limbs, which he takes off and has little tiny arms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, basically saying like, uh, you know, we're not so different. You and I, my family disowned me. I was the last in a long line of costume adventures, but I couldn't 
you know, obviously couldn't be that with, with this, mm-hmm. you know, and she was a picture of like a phantom ass, uh, yeah. you know, uh, old gentleman thief kind of character mm-hmm. you know, who we'll meet later yes. uh, in orb mm-hmm. this episode. Um, so he's gotten, uh, he's trying to do his work, you know, using science to complete his limbs. Um, he needed a tremendous amount of power uh, to do it. He couldn't do it until he got this investment from the guild of collegiate investors. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, this is where Billy says, oh, you know, I can't be your lab assistant. You know, I've just got so much, got to get so much schoolwork to worry about. And, you know, Pantomus says, oh, you have a 4.0 because your roommate committed suicide. Haven't you seen Dead Man on Campus? <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's like, no, I think it's 1988 uh, or the late 80s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also yeah. who would make a movie about that you monsters yeah, to me <laughs> what about an apartment where it's full of cockroaches and the cockroaches try to get the owner laid <laughs> <laughs> but but get this they do it with song and dance numbers yeah they do they do a series of song and dance numbers to try to get a guy named joe laid <laughs> God, the 90s that was the, it was the fucking pits dude just yeah just absolutely ridiculous decade mm-hmm. aesthetically uh, and culturally mm-hmm. just a, just a wasteland a wasteland uh, Disgusting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh phantomus uh he uh echoes pete's line earlier on uh you know the invisible hand of fate has brought us together quiz boy uh we yeah. freaks if you uh pardon the vernacular must work in tandem it's basically the we exact same need, thing pizza it's like me need company yeah um, we cut back to the car where Brock and Hunter and Billy are talking and Billy's like, you know, I think you've got the wrong guy. You know, it's just some businessman's club or something. And they're like, of course we have the right guy. Like that's what they said about the, the Build-A-Bear group. Uh, <laughs> the subtitle is like Build-A-Bear, yeah. you know, Build-A-Bear, which I, you know, I'm always going to go for. Of course. Uh, that's what they said about the Build-A-Bear, Build-A-Bear group's on. And then whammo, Berlin Wall comes tumbling down. No, it hasn't. <laughs> well, yeah, it will, you know, <laughs> decide the last meeting. Um, and, uh, Brock basically says, like, listen, we weren't going to tell you this, but you have to do this for us. Stevie was our other man on the inside. Uh, <laughs> Pussy face. <laughs> yeah. Horrible. It's very funny. <laughs> then Billy asked if that's why he killed himself, because he had that hor- horrible code name. And they correct him saying, oh, you know, get, get with the program. Phantom has killed him, <laughs> you know, yep. to get closer to you. Or, and also because he knew they, they knew he was a plant. So Billy is in a horrible danger. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, he says, uh, you know, I didn't even write my paper. I was too busy explaining, you know, uh, coding pussy faces suicide. I was talking to the cops, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, He's like, yeah, no, uh, we know you didn't write your paper. Stephen Hawking wrote it. We called in a favor. Uh, mm-hmm. And he calls out, you know, that's cheating. And Hunter's like, that's what secret intelligence is. It's cheating. Like, if mm-hmm. you don't look at the other guy's paper, the bad guys get the bomb and boom goes the world. Yes. You know, and so stop being such a little crybaby freak, you junior G-man. And, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, he Hunter sells past the clothes and starts like dressing down Billy. And Billy does something that nobody's really done before, which is hit him back. Uh, literally punches yeah. him in the balls and also hits it's uh, it's Brock um, being one of the few people who actually uh, manages to uh, physically overpower Brock, be it by surprise, yeah. which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, and he, uh, he, he to look at the balls, <laughs> the, secret, the secret weakness of Brock Samson, the gigantic clangers. You know? Yeah. Uh, but, but he uh, gets out of the car and he runs to Phantomus's lab. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but Phantomus is already doing the experiment. Mm-hmm. you know starting it 
Um, Billy is trying to say, you know, admit like he's not qualified and he cheated and Fendimus thinks he's talking about the, uh, the quiz boy gig. Yeah. You know, he's like anybody in our position would cheat, you know, given your disadvantages, you have to, to get ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's basically fast talks him into it. Like he will not hear no for an answer. Right. Um, he gets locked into the limb enhancer <laughs> and has Billy, uh, activate the machine, you know, uh, he turns on the machine and Phantomus immediately wants more and more power. Of course, um, goes full doc. Yep. His arms are becoming more than human. They're becoming superhuman. Um, however, when Billy maxes it out, it shocks him and there is a, a glitch, an error. Yeah. And so Phantomus is like, hey, go double, double check the flux compensators or whatever. And Billy's like, I have no idea what the fuck that means. Like, what do you mean? That's what you wrote your paper about. It was so impressive. Um, and you know, this ends up being the, you know, the tragic origin, uh, for phantom limb, uh, is, you know, because, because of Billy's cheating, uh, he has set these events in motion. Um, the experiment goes wrong because Billy wasn't there to fix it. It ends up, uh, this actually ends up making a lot of sense in a weird roundabout way with a way later episode. Mm-hmm. Um, in season seven, there's an episode where all of the supervillains get in one last arch with their premier arch enemy and Phantom Limbs is hunter-gatherers. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was a little bit strange, Yeah, you know, because there were a lot of people who hated more, but Hunter was definitely indirectly responsible for this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, by by putting Billy in that situation and cheating for him and stuff. So he is really tied into his origin yeah. in a, a comic book kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, the machine supercharges. Uh, it's drawing stuff forward magnetically, so it yanks out Billy's fake eye. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Dr. Octopus because that's what the scene, I think, is checking. I think that's intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, explodes. Phantomus has disappeared. Uh, and Billy says, you know, he died for my sin. <laughs> um, Rock and Hunter rush in. Uh, to grab him, and then we do another kind of hard cut yeah. to you know the aftermath here. Yes, uh, it's back at OSI. Uh, Sergeant Hayne, uh, you know, mm-hmm. eventually Sergeant Hatred is chewing Brock out for his shoddy espionage. You know, and it says, uh, "Oh, you know." Uh, Brock tries to say, "Don't you want to wait for Hunter? You don't want to have to yell twice." Oh, Colonel Hunter's been trained. <laughs> Yeah, you know, making fun of his, his voice. Yeah, you know, Colonel Hunter, uh, you know, has been transferred to, to Guam, effective at 0700. Your windmill chasing days are over, Sancho Panza, uh, which is a, a yeah. much a much better joke about Brock's sidekick uh, uh, yeah. status there and than the than the madam one. <laughs> yeah, a voca- uh, one of those famous ventriloquists who died in 1988. Um, <laughs> it's a big year for them. Uh, sadly, it was at a collapse. They didn't account for the weight of the ventriloquist when they built the building. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so he gives them his new orders, which are guarding Dr. Venture. We don't know this yeah, just yeah. yet. This, hey, this, you know, is this is work. rookie stuff. Yeah. You know, dismissed. Mm-hmm. Uh Brock says, what do you do with the kid? And Hatcher says, like, what do you want to do? Adopt him? Listen, mm-hmm. you know, unlike you, he still works here because PsyOps is looking for guinea pigs for the memory wipe project. Um, and when Brock goes outside, he sees Billy is gone. Mm-hmm. So the idea here is Billy has already gotten his memory wiped, but Brock does not, you know, want to leave him. Right. With OSI. Yeah. You know, so th- this they don't show this, though. It is a weird little bit of like the way this is to me kind of. Uh, suggested to me seems like oh brock hears that they're gonna wipe his mind and brock doesn't want to do that because he feels guilt yeah so i was thinking he goes out and gets billy and gives him to pete mm-hmm. but no the, the mind wipe has happened yeah, yeah. You know? so there's a whole thing with brock going in to the mind wipe station kidnapping 
Billy and then doing all this stuff and they just don't show it. Right. And again, right. it's like, I can figure out that it happened, but it just feels like kind of off to me. It feels yeah. a little bit sloppy. It felt like a worthwhile thing to show, which is, you know, Brock's advancing characterization. Like, yeah, you know, Billy doesn't deserve this, you know? Yeah. Like, what if you, what if you cut out some of the like non, you know, non additive stuff from earlier Brock looks down, he sees the empty spot where Billy's gone. Then he runs trying to get to the mind white place in mm-hmm. general, you know, in time. He gets there and Billy like really heartbreaking breakingly is like, you know, have we met or something? Yeah. You know, yeah. And it's very sad. And then we cut into this yeah. montage. Mm-hmm. You know, it it just feels like it it I don't know, it's just unusually sloppy. And it's the kind of thing that comes from trying to do too much in one episode, but there's so much stuff I would have cut. Yeah. Not so yeah. much, but like a solid like minute. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's just not, you know, which doesn't sound like much, but it's a 22 minute show. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there, there's stuff I would have taken out of this. Yeah. Um, anywho. Anyway, uh, we get a montage here. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, Sergeant Hatred. Uh, uh, sorry, no. Uh, Brock pulls up to Pete's trailer uh, and mm-hmm. hands Billy over in a uh, in a duffel bag. Uh, cuts back to this a couple of times, uh, but uh, you yeah. know it's unclear what's what's in there at first. But Pete opens it up and reveals that uh, the, the the Billy's inside. Um, uh, Sergeant Hatred. Uh, he pulls his Guild of Calamitous Intent ring from his desk drawer, so he's about ready mm-hmm. to. Uh, you know, this is where he's gonna, you know, make his break, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and we, uh, a student finds, uh, professor Fantomas lying on a hill without his arms or legs, but then his, uh, phantom limbs show up and electroshock him. Mm-hmm. It's first time. And then he gives like a real, like, hey, 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 <laughs> uh, evil grin. and when Brock pulls away from Pete's trailer, uh, we see the duffel bag open up revealing Billy and then the flowers, uh, bloom <laughs> and the duffel bag, bag uh, yeah. bloomed. Yeah. as the uh, song crescendos yeah. and Brock is driving towards the venture compound yep. with his new assignment. Yeah. Um, credits and then post credits were back in the present day. You know, Billy wakes up on a table in the venture lab, Pete, who is holding the PS2. <laughs> I, uh, yeah I, I love it so i love that they point that out in the commentary because i i just totally didn't notice it yeah it's very funny like they're like oh you you know you had you had a, a tough fall buddy but mm-hmm. it didn't the the memory you know he mm-hmm. still has his memory yeah um, <laughs> he just he quickly just looks at brock and says oh my god you sons of bitches leaps at brock yeah. and then pete knocks him out again with a ps2 the only thing they can knock out a quiz boy <laughs> Yeah, they say in the, the commentary, like, the only thing that can take out a Billy. <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah. Um, and then they uh, then they do the memory wipe again. Uh, so, um, and it's not the, uh, you know, later they'll get access to a memory wipe machine, mm-hmm. you know, on, on the compound. Uh, not yet. So. Nope. Yeah. Who, knows, who knows why this is, this is happening? The sad fate of Billy um, Quiz Boy. Yep. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, and that's the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's got its problems. Uh, I do like, uh, I do like the heart that's here or lack of it, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. It's just, still very good. It's yeah. just, it's, it's on the curve, right? Like yeah. with me, like that's why I'm nitpicking it because this is one of the best TV shows ever made. And, uh, it, you know, when it's firing at all cylinders, it doesn't have the kind of things that this, this game, this episode has, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But I'm happy to get uh, to get Pete and Billy back. I uh, had forgotten even how much this was tied up in the uh, the origins of other characters as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and getting mm-hmm. you know to spend time with young Brock, uh, getting to see uh, you know uh, Rusty when he was TS. You know, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, 
that 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 that, that stuff that stuff was fun and uh it's uh you know it it did end up being uh you know it tied to my heartstrings a bit yeah it's it's a, it is a good episode i just uh you know i i wish for more jokes and tighter editing yep um but it's good and uh we're gonna get uh this season is kind of kind of go back and forth between lore episodes and like modern day joke episodes mm-hmm. uh, as we as we go almost just ping-ponging yeah hey pocket i don't know if you, you can hear that but it's a good time to end the episode because i have to go discipline my cat okay um the uh, he's just like he's been into really trying to like open the blinds hmm it's like, my dude, I am so close to getting my security deposit. <laughs> um, like, why are you trying to get this in at the buzzer? Oh, <laughs> you know? like, yeah. Well, go, um, go take care of him, and I will do the uh, do, do the outro to the I, episode. I can, he, he just, you heard me talking about him. He just slinked out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so patreon.com slash duckfeedtv is how you get episodes early and support your boys. Yeah, and get whole uh, whole bonus shows. If you, uh, if you want bonus shows, if you want uh, Unfilmable, which is our show about horror movies, um mm-hmm. uh or uh bonfire side chat our uh our show about the uh the dark souls series of games and things related to those games yeah yeah and we would appreciate it you can also leave us ratings reviews on apple podcast or podcast addict and uh until next time go, go team, team venture, venture. <laughs>